Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates, a podcast all about dating with intention. Just kidding. We are a podcast. I guess we are a podcast about dating with intention. But we're a podcast about just making you feel better when you're dating. And we are certainly a podcast without a cute little tagline at the opening. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Liza. It is so nice to be back. I was gone last week. Oh my God. It was covering. funny. Carlin was amazing. Carlin Carlin did did great and it was incredible. But I felt so bad for her because I was like, I didn't know how to do the intro. I was just like, I felt like a um kid. You know, do you remember like the first time your parents let you stay home alone? That's sort of what I felt like. I was like, what am I supposed to <laughs> Yes. It was very No, pathetic. but it was so delightful for me. I got, you know, there was another podcast episode for the week. I feel like by the end of the week, I, you know, we used to release on Tuesdays. Now we do Fridays. By the end of the week, I am like out of podcasts. I have like a couple mm-hmm. that come out and then I'm I'm like, come on. I actually do listen to podcasts on the weekend. Um, So it was lovely to have a podcast I could listen to. Like an, another one in, in the docket because of course I'm subscribed. Oh my God. I feel embarrassed do. that you listen to me being like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not at all. Never. I mean, you listen to me be embarrassing every week. Um, Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining. Hi, pals. Thanks for being here. We are so excited to have you. Um, It's so funny. I've been like thinking about this podcast. Liza (laughs) Liza and I have had like some interesting just conversations recently about, you know, when podcasts go crazy viral. And I'm thinking to the beginning of this podcast when we were like fully making it our baby and we were genuinely trying to make it a big money maker and now it feels I feel so much more relaxed now that it's not so much of a business for us not to be sound unmotivated but like I don't know this just feels like a lovely weekly hang and that just hit me in the moment so I wanted to share it with you Liza and with all of you and just like thank you for still being here and if you're new <laughs> don't be deflated this is a great podcast we have a lot of great old episodes too where people are going on a date a week people including myself wow decided to embarrass myself on the internet um so check those out but yeah it's just kind of nice now and we do have an outline don't worry we we will not just be chatting for an hour I mean we will be but based on an outline (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no I completely agree it feels very relaxed it feels very much like more who we are as humans right now which is like kind of chiller chiller than we once were in our in our youth in our 20s when we were like we gotta we gotta do it we gotta whatever um and I love yeah that. after like three tries a- at becoming famous on the internet you kind of realize okay we gave it a good run <laughs> we had some little baby hits but not full influencer <laughs> totally. status thank god also jealous of you all who can 
do that for your life. Okay. But yes, we are talking, <laughs> speaking of things I'm not doing well today, this morning, we're talking about communication today. Why is communication so hard? That is what we're going to break down, get into. Like, I know all the things I'm supposed to do to set boundaries or say my feelings, and yet it's so fucking hard to do. It's so scary. It's so hard. And it's funny because I feel like it it feels like, okay, Kimmy, are you playing Wordle? <laughs> I'm not. It is... Wow, Liza. Wordle is the thing I have chosen willingly to ignore. I barely know what it is. I just see the green and yellow boxes. <laughs> I'm like, All right, I can't well, right I'm getting, Dude, I'm getting deep into Wordle, which is like literally I wake up in the morning and before I get out of bed, I do the Wordle. It's become like my morning ritual for the past couple weeks. But I feel like communicating is like Wordle everybody bear with me or any kind of game like if you ever play like sudoku or or like a crossword puzzle or anything like that like I feel like I go on these runs where I'm like oh I got this I got this I got this and then I'm just stuck for like 15 minutes with like no progress it's it the the thing that I'm trying to communicate and failing is that it's like I keep thinking that I have mastered the art of communicating artfully with other people until I get into a pattern of needing to communicate about something I feel uncomfortable about. And yeah. then it's like, cool, I'm stuck again. Like, so I feel like these progress, progress, these progresses, gains, mm-hmm. if I were a lifter, like come in these little spurts, but communication is like a lifelong struggle. And no matter how much better you get at it, there's always like new challenges to, to achieve. Um, a hundred. So yeah, that is, that is, I love that analogy, Liza. And I think today we'll cover kind of the different acrostics that exist in that, you know, we're definitely going to cover like just saying the thing when you're early on in dating and how hard that is and some tips. Wow. I have a froggy in my throat. Sorry about that. Uh, so we will, we will do that, but we'll also talk about this goop article. Ooh, yeah. I love goop. I don't care. I'm basic. Uh, about communication mistakes in relationships. We'll just break some of those down because it doesn't, I used to think that just saying I liked someone back would be the biggest challenge or I love you back or being vulnerable, but no, there's communication is to Liza's point, just an incredible puzzle to solve or maybe not to solve, but just to get better at almost solving yeah I feel like it's it's a um it's like yoga or something so it's like something like a practice I I can't even think of examples of practices because I'm so bad at actually maintaining practices in anything but it's something that you like you do two two steps forward one step back five steps forward 20 steps it's just like a lifelong thing that you have to always challenge yourself on and it's never like totally easy and we all come into it with our own baggage from our families like I feel like communication is one of the things that is so different person to person based on the family they were raised in like we Mm -hmm. learn that shit so deeply from our families so it's just you have to figure out someone else's communication style based on their baggage your own it's just it's exhausting but we're gonna talk about it we're gonna talk about it but first we're gonna talk about what we're consuming oh my god And then some pep talks. Some one-hit wonder pep talks. I tried a new name this week. It's terrible. I wrote it at 11 p.m. last night. Great. No, Um, I love it. Yeah. That's what we're going to do before we talk about communication. I'm stealing the mic um, on Consumption Corner only because it's such a good segue. 
I consumed the Architectural Digest video of Gwyneth Paltrow's Montecito home. Have you watched it? I have seen clips around. I have not watched it yet. You have to watch it. It is like I, I love to hate and hate to love and love to love. And hate to hate Gwyneth Paltrow. I have every yeah, feeling yes, about yes, Gwyneth yes, Paltrow. Yes, yes, But I just, there is something about watching, I'm addicted to these Architectural Digest videos. I watch them, like, I've seen, like, every single one where they do these, you know, tours through celebrities' homes, and they're, like, 25 minutes, and they get really granular about, like, where they sourced their tiles from and stuff like that. Or the their and, love of limes, the Dakota Johnson yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, I mean they're yes. like cultural touchstone moments, you know? Yes. And when I, like, I got onto YouTube to look up something that I had to do for work, like a, you know, a, uh, a thing that I need to do, a technical skill that I wasn't that confident in. So I was in the middle of a work day and I opened up YouTube to look up a thing that I had to do for work. And... There it was. And I was like, great. This is all I'm thinking about now. So it's great. She's batshit insane. There's a big reveal towards the end of it. I'm not giving it away. But man, she has a crazy feature in her house that like 15 minutes into the video, she's like, and this is my blah, blah, blah. So everyone should go watch it. Because if you want to if you want to feel every feeling about Gwyneth Paltrow, you certainly will. I feel every feeling, Liza. You couldn't have put it better, and so I'm going to watch it. I also saw a tweet that just had a picture of her sitting in her kitchen, and it was like, why is it like the mark of wealth in America when you have an extremely giant oven hood? Like those big <laughs> – I think that's very funny because they are usually pretty hideous. But Totally. You know, Goop, here's the thing. It's such an easy punchline. It's so easy to make fun of. She's so odd, but also so – she did – she made something really smart. She did a smart thing. But also, it's still kind of annoying, but she leans into that in just the right way. And her recipes I discovered this past year are really fucking good. More interesting than Bon Appetit, for the most part. I don't know. I'm like, I'm not buying her vagina candle, but I'm I'm like in awe, but also, what? I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm with you. She did something right. I mean, she also, okay, at some point in quarantine, I rewatched, like, early on in the in the pandemic, I rewatched Shakespeare in Love. Oh, God. and like, yeah, it's like an insane movie, and just like the Miramax of it of the early two thousands and everything. But she's like a pretty good actor. Like, she's I'm like very good in that. She oh, won especially a in that Oscar. I was yeah. like, okay, I have more respect. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's that's what it is. Is like I do hate to hate on her because I do respect her, but also she's just such a like. Like, I don't know, man. I, like I said, every feeling, but please text me every thought you have about that Architectural Digest tour. And I'm if so anyone excited. else wants to slide into my DMs to talk about it, I am here for that. I'm excited to check it out. It's, it's on my um, first thing I'm going to do in my work day today. <laughs> I've watched other things uh, in the last week, but that's the one that really jumps out. So I'll leave my consumption at that. Oh, and also I watched Encanto, which just like everyone should oh. watch. It's just... Did you watch it? Not yet, but I just feel like it's how haven't I? Everybody says it's delightful. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it's just like a sweet like I, I started it with my niece because you know, I was like, "Oh, we'll watch this together or whatever." And she had to go to bed in the middle of it, like just was like already super past her bedtime and whatever, so mm-hmm. put her to bed. 
And she was like, don't finish it without me. And I was like, I won't. And then I did. <laughs> I, it was like good enough that I wanted to keep watching it without a child present. Um, yeah, it's really sweet and like family. And it's like not traumatic. You know how sometimes animated movies, like the Pixar movies make you weep. There's I mean, like I love Coco. It is most... a beautiful movie, but I, I watched it on a plane once and that was the worst decision I've ever made. So. Oh my God. Scream cried watching Coco. Like it's yeah. insane. <laughs> Um, but this is like no one's, you know, well, I guess there is one dead parent. It's like a dead grandparent. It's not a spoiler, but it's not like a typical Disney movie where like someone's, you know, uh, oh, well, never mind. There's certainly some generational trauma. It doesn't feel <laughs> it's a like formula. a it works in the way that sometimes these animated movies just got you. It's like everyone's got loving parents and it's nice and whatever. So I just think it's a sweet watch. It would be a good plain watch. For sure. Okay. Ooh, I have a flight coming up. Knock on wood. Uh, maybe I'll check it out if it's on. Wow. Okay. I, I don't have much to add this week. I have not been consuming the most for fun. Um, I've started I, – I think I already talked about The Righteous Gemstones, maybe on my solo episode. But, like, yeah, don't sleep on that. Great. It just hits the spot for me right now. Not, like – I started Station Eleven. It's incredibly good, but it's – an intense watch where I have to be focused and my my eyeballs on the screen lately. We haven't been doing so well. So at night it's like I want to be able to look at the little screen and the big screen and not pay too much attention. So I will just leave that with my newly discovered comfort show, Kath and Kim. I can't do the accent. Do you know Kath and Kim? <laughs> That's what I say in my house now. I think oh my Kath God, and I love Kim. it. I can't do an Australian accent, but um, I've never seen it and it's – for some reason, it's like the fuzzy like 2000s. I, it's basically two comedians from Australia, this duo. They play this mother-daughter. And it's definitely like stereotypes of Australia that I don't even understand. As someone who doesn't live there, I don't know what they're making fun of. But like it's deeply comforting to me. I don't know that I can recommend it because it is so specific. Um I have just been like, it's my night night show. And it, I'm like, I just say, can we go upstairs for Kathy and Kim now? And my house, and I'm like, that's like an upstairs show, like for bedtime. So I am torturing my my sleeping partner with that right now. But I love oh my it. God. So. I like have been always been meaning to watch that show. I love watching stuff. I love watching content from Australia because obviously like Australian culture is very similar to ours, their culture, their society. But like also so different and it's just there's something fun about the fact that we as two countries share a lot and then also have like I have none of their references I don't know what anything <laughs> Do you remember, like we have a darling friend Michael Niku who is uh used to live in New York is from Melbourne and uh, you know it, occasionally he would just say a word where I'd be like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like what um yeah, and this is, I just wanted to, sorry, I started typing because I, this is, they are in Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne. Like, it's like this random suburb kind of vibe, like in the opening credits. It's about, it, I can't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I love it. What, what else do you, to say? Yeah, that's like something that's been kind of on my back burner list for years and years. Maybe it needs to be moved to the front burner. Okay, people also ask, how does Kath and Kim represent Australia? Seems a double parody, sending up both Australian suburbia and its representations in popular culture. Anyway, these women are funny, like just playing above and below their age or more Love above. Um, but it's 
again, I can't say that everyone's going to like it, but I do. Uh, so there you go. It's on Netflix. P.S. Okay, cool. Love it. Um, should we do our pep talks? Our one hit wonder Let's pep talks? It. Yeah. I, one day we'll have a cute little name for this. Okay. Liza, is there ever an excuse for being left on red? Like how long is too long to wait for a text? Text back. Okay. So I have feelings about this as a pretty bad texter in general. I think like 10 hours is the longest you can go with no apology. Okay, and if fair. it's longer than 10 hours, it's, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I had a crazy day or I had a crazy week or I missed I like missed this or forgot to respond somehow. I send out the apology. Oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't respond to this for four days text at least once a week to somebody. So I have to um, I have to shout. I have to like defend the poor texters out there because it is never intentional. Like if there's someone I don't want to be texting with, I I don't they're not like in my life. You know what I mean? So it's never on purpose. But I do feel strongly that you owe the person an apology. I tend to not respond to texts that are not like immediate, immediate questions or immediate like plans being made. You know, like I'll read it and I'll be like, oh, okay, I got to think about this for five minutes and then four days will go by. Um, So that's my thing is like 10 hours with no apology. And if longer, yeah. apologize. And I think there are definitely, we can talk about briefly one pep talks, LOL, short pep talks. I think it depends where you are in the relationship too. But to Liza's point, I'm going to, I'm just going to add a twist. I'm going to be real vulnerable here. I too, I've had a couple of days lately where it's just truly go, 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 where it's like, I can't actually look at my phone. But if something kind of spicy comes up, I will get sucked into my phone. So it does like being left on red. I mean, I'm not going to leave you on red if I care about you in early crushing stages. Just the way I'm not going to leave a friend who drops a juicy tidbit or wants to vent about something that I find juicy on red. I'm just that is something that will pull me out of the work I should be focused on or the, you know, so like keep me from hopping in the shower yet because I'm just like looking and texting. So I will say when it's like early dating, if you're left on red for like a whole weekend, that person probably isn't that excited about dating you. I, that's definitely yeah. too long. Even 10 hours, like just your reply or some context. Again, it happens. You definitely need an apology. I am not a great texter. I will tell you that as well. But I mean, I think it correlates. The people you want to text in those early dating stages, you're going to text. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's also about looking for patterns. If it happens once, like shit happens. If you're regularly waiting like six hours to hear back from someone about something simple, like especially about making plans or something that's like more pressing, that's a problem. But if it's like, yeah. you know. Or if you I ask something um, kind of vulnerable, sorry. Yeah. Totally. Anything. Yeah. But I would also, I, I give everyone one like gimme, you know, just in case. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And then to that person who keeps leaving you on red for six hours, or even if you don't have red receipts, like just keeps not like to that person, I say, just stop replying at some point. Like we've all texted. It's just like, okay, you don't like me. Cool. Bye. Don't, don't just reply. So you feel like you dotted your eyes and crossed your T's or wow, I'm a Nana. Okay, cool. Um, okay. The next one. Haven't slept with anyone since the beginning of the pandemic. Is that Okay. <laughs> That is more than okay. Oh my goodness. This is a good question, actually. We haven't talked about this in a minute, but anything around timelines and sleeping with or kissing or marriage or any timeline. I hate timelines. 
Uh, I would say that one, it's been a pandemic. Two, the pandemic's been about two years and I still would say nothing is not okay with you if you didn't sleep with someone for two years. I think the, the maybe the questions to ask yourself are like, do I want to be, is that like sexual need fulfilled? And it very well could be. We love a vibrator on this podcast, but are you like looking to get back into bed with someone or are you just are you okay are you okay how do you feel about it like take society yeah. out of it it's kind of like what we say about having a relationship it's like actually I was okay being single society just told me to be annoying about it to myself a hundred percent yeah I would say it's okay if you think it's okay and if you want to get it you should pursue that and like you can even do it kind of honestly you know like obviously be careful and be safe but like you can you can hit the apps and be open about like not looking for anything serious if yet like you know I've had those moments where I'm just like I just want to hook up with someone and like that's just kind of what this is. you know like it, yeah there is no problem with that and if you feel ready now that um Omicron is hopefully subsiding and everybody's boosted hopefully everybody's boosted and whatnot like go and go and get it if you want it <laughs> get it yes I think that's exactly true and I was just going to add that like never uh, like compare like probably no maybe better you are so many more people are in your boat I bet than the other boat of having slept with a lot of people during a global pandemic you are not alone people get insecure about this stuff again because we're told to not because it's anything to be insecure about a hundred percent what um, do you do sorry is it your turn in my view no not at all what do you do when you're struggling to feel positive? I think that's personal to you and I, Liza. What do you do when you're struggling to feel positive? Like any tips or tricks? Yeah. I mean, this is such a big question. <laughs> it's going to mm-hmm. be hard for me because I think Maybe like, like on a – Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to I'm gonna do the micro. On the macro, mm-hmm. therapy and medication and like there there is a version of this that is about, you know, like – long-term tendencies towards depression which I certainly can talk about and is certainly something that has really affected my adult life um but that's another episode so we'll we'll talk about it in the micro right now and not in the macro um day to day uh I am a huge proponent of getting the fuck outside for a walk Mm -hmm. um it's so small but like especially if you're working from home, especially if you're spending a lot of time in this same like four walls, uh, you can almost always find 10 minutes. You know, like the busiest people I know can find 10 minutes to just get outside and walk and like feel the sun on your face and get some fresh air, change your environment, get your heart rate up a little bit. Like I'm not going to be someone who's like exercise because I hate exercising, but just like moving and like that getting um getting a change of scene and sunshine is so huge I also in terms of that like this is so dumb and I feel like every stereotypical influencer but I like to do one or two things that I've been avoiding doing like make the bed do the dishes empty the dish like to just even do one of those things is can make me feel so good and so accomplished. This might not be the case for everybody. And like maybe people don't live as like as kind of sloppily as I do. 
but it really makes me feel like I have taken control over one very small corner of my home and therefore my life. And that makes me feel really good. I agree with all of those things. And I feel like they're all like baby routines, even if you don't do them every day. But because I I was struggling to feel positive, got into some routines, they're already gone. But apparently that's that 20 steps back thing Liza mentioned earlier. A friend was telling me that will happen when you start new routines. She was she had read something. I don't know. But it doesn't mean you then quit. So I need to remind myself that. But I think to your point, Liza, yeah, I have not been getting outside. I just like I have too much work. But it's like really I could still get it done though if I took the 10, 15 minutes. Or baby exercises. I was doing baby exercises like with the ladies on the screen like Melissa Wood or Tracy Anderson and they made me feel better. Not because I was like getting in shape because it was like oh a tiny bit of sweat and a little baby movement and it's not a full workout all the time. It was like doing something very positive for my brain and then I stopped. A hot shower, some really great music you love. Maybe you you put that music on in your house and you dance or you put that music on on your walk or in a car. I think like Liza said, I love a to-do list around some of those little tasks. So even if I'm not getting to my big thing, I'm crossing things off. Like even, yeah, when I'm struggling at work or feeling underwater, I do some really easy tasks that I, and I put them on my list, like email this person and I'll cross oh, it off. Fuck it yeah. So it feels good. so good to check the box. I love yeah. checking the box. And I do it with my hand. I have one on my computer, but I like need to have a handwritten one every day too. So I can be like, yeah. Uh-huh. And then like maybe you – plan something to look forward to whether it's like a small dinner with friends or like a trip for yourself or whatever makes sense literally like an Aperol spritz that you look forward to at your favorite outdoor bar at the end of the week or something um not outdoor if you're on the east coast but whatever something to look forward to always helps me in a weird way as well totally uh yeah yeah. or call someone too like sometimes you're just feeling lonely and craving connection like on your little walk, call somebody. I love to like just or or you know what makes me feel really good is um surprise FaceTiming someone. <laughs> like, you know, to people who are receptive to that. Like I feel yeah. like there's a handful of friends who usually enjoy just getting a random fucking FaceTime in the middle of the day. Where <laughs> I'll be like, Hey, what are you doing? That? Yeah, that's fun. And even just if they don't connect. pick up, then you can screenshot the FaceTime not available with like a weird face and send it to them in a text and then you'll make them smile and you'll make yourself smile. That's a that's a big part of my um work from home routine is randomly FaceTiming the same like two to three people. A lot of times my sister who is no, like it's a, really good point. a mom and working a lot and is like doesn't always have time for my bullshit. But it's no, it's connection. That's the other thing. I even find like after just like a meeting, sometimes I'm like, I don't want another meeting with my calendar on my calendar. But sometimes like it's nice to just hop on and like work on something with someone at work or so, like or connect or like have that meeting, even though you probably need only 15 minutes. Like take the five to 10 minutes at the end to just like catch up a little. It always revives me. And then I feel a little bit more normal. Totally. About, yeah. This weird thing of being at home all the time. Okay. I think the next one we should save for a whole episode. Manifesting a relationship is it possible? I want to save it, Liza. We have too yeah, many thoughts on manifestation and we're not experts on it either. So. Also, we need to have Carlin on for that one because she oh, yeah. has lots of thoughts and feelings about manifestation and I think she'll be a good counterpoint to, to our uh, – certainly to my opinion, which is like, meh. But – Yeah, no, um, I, I agree. I think that's a perfect future topic. Okay. 
And I, you know, Liza, in the effort to make this podcast super juicy, how is your relationship going? And then I'll give a quick update on mine and then we will go to our ad break. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I think that my relationship is totally fine, except it's a little bit, you know what it is? It's a little bit like that plant that you know is not going to die, so you're, like, not watering it the most. And it's, like, looking a little dry and crusty, but, like, it's going to be fine. You know, like, that's sort of how it feels right now. And part of that, it's it's funny because um, part of that is, like, Jeff and I both tend to be pretty anxious people, and we usually are fully um, able to connect and be present for each other when only one of us is in a high anxiety time like on either side but when both of us are I think we tend to be a little like eh get your anxiety away from me um and we're both in a super high anxiety time right now this is like you know I have certainly like one too many things on my plate but also just like this is such a stereotype, but like wedding planning is so much fucking work and mm-hmm. neither of us really want to do it. But also nobody's going to do it for us. And we already committed to having this big wedding and we're certainly not going to not do it now because we would lose a lot of money. And it's like a spoiled and trite and annoying thing to say. But it's just like it's like another part time job. Like we have many like meetings and phone calls and everything. And we are trying to do it the most low maintenance way possible. Like we picked a venue that does a ton of stuff for us. Mm-hmm. And like we are not doing lots of touching little moments and favors and and little like we're not doing any of that there's Bless not gonna you. be like you don't need to yeah there's not gonna be like any decor because I'm just like no I don't want to spend money on it and I don't care I just want good food and music and alcohol that's like that's all so, people care about and Liza so, picked because- a venue that's really easy to get to out from New York but is not in New York where all most of your friends are so it'll be like a fun am I giving too much away about your wedding sorry not at all no <laughs> it's be like a very fun weekend away that is like was very easy for as an attendee it was really easy to um just book my room book my flight and like I have this weekend to look forward to so I I think people are gonna have fun and I know you've got the the music food and booze covered and that's all you need at a wedding I don't care if you have hope so extravagant flowers I really don't I'm gonna I just I don't care if you did it at a bar in New York either sorry but I just think just know that you you did it you're doing it you're caring about the right things. People are going to have a great time. And we all go so. to weddings where we don't have a great time. And we're asked to spend so much money. And we're asked to wear certain things we don't want to wear. And we still have a good time. Like it's, it's, we forget about it. So I, if that's okay. the anxiety, I'm just here to say, no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's so funny because it's all a stereotype. All of the like wedding planning triteness is a stereotype until you're doing it. And then you're like, oh, this is true. Like, all of this is true. It's exhausting and it's annoying and it's ex- everything is so fucking expensive. And I feel I have a spiral all the time about like someone who's I'm not including enough or I'm a there's just like it's very um, it's like it's getting to me a little bit. And I certainly have been feeling like I'm doing more planning than Jeff is which 
is not what I wanted to do. And I've been like kind of fussy with him about that. Um, And, you know, he stepped up and been like, okay, point taken. I need to do more. Like, he's great about I, I would not be marrying this human if he was unreasonable about things like this. But it's just like my relation after that that wedding planning um, event session, my relationship right now, I feel like feels a little bit business like like we're doing that. We're also like in the process of buying a house, which is like really new and incredibly so exciting, stressful. though. Just like congratulations on all these things. I'm just going to be that annoying person. No, I appreciate it not so to much. minimize and your stress. But like these are not really exciting moments. Totally. And the thing is, is I know how I feel so lucky. I never, ever thought I would have these like things in my life. I really didn't think this would would I didn't think I could have this much like um, just like, I don't know, like joy and happiness mm-hmm. and like these things that I really wanted. I just didn't think were possible. Like I never thought anyone would want to be with me forever because I've just always thought I was like so annoying and too much and whatever so it's like it's all really good stuff but it's so funny how quickly your my relationship can feel like almost like a business Mm -hmm. and I think that both him and I have said in the last couple weeks like we have to make sure we have some stuff on the calendar where we like sit down and we connect and we do not talk about wedding or house or logistics or money or anything like so last Sunday we went and got like a special little just like lunch dinner thing and like spent some time you know we are trying to like build in some time to spend together but it's remarkable how after a certain with certain stuff on your like I can definitely see how when couples we don't even have kids people do this when they also have kids I can see how easy it is all of a sudden after eight years together, I can see how easy it is to become like an entity that's about daily living rather than Mm -hmm. two humans who like really love each other and are connecting. And it's something you have to like fight against, I think. And it's certainly like that's I, I keep being surprised by things in our relationship and this part is surprising too of of having to like intentionally spend time together and connect especially after the last couple of years when all we've been doing is hanging out so yeah it's a, yeah it's a different feeling but that's my very long-winded wedding rant and like um I don't know like spoiled person complaining bomb <laughs> No, everything you said is legitimate, but I just, you know, it's, it'll be okay. I promise that it will be okay. They're the best problems to have. And that's how I feel right now too. I feel like my relationship is also probably in the similar plant stage, but especially because we've just been at home all the time and I'm just, I'm like up in my work monitor all day, all day, blah, blah, blah. And then, but last weekend, last weekend, two weekends ago. One weekend, we took a little drive to Laguna where I'd never been. And oh my God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> like, I mean, there was certainly someone next to me at this uh, restaurant who was like, yeah, the problem with him going to college in D.C. is that it's just too liberal. So, you know, it's Orange County. But um, <laughs> it's so gorgeous. Oh I didn't God. know how beautiful it was. I don't know how those children on that show grew up there. Um, like I, you know, my 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 like beacon of beauty in Southern California is always – well, there are a few, uh, but Montecito, like when I go to Santa Barbara, I'm like, wow, this is wild. How do you, what, how does one live here and like not a retirement state? 
But anyway, it was really nice to just like, I think that was good for us because this week I feel like he's been less annoyed that I work so hard. So, so I mm. haven't really changed anything about myself, but work so hard, LOL. Work so long is a better way to put it. But like he's like making dinners and doing all these really nice things where I'm like, hmm, maybe the dynamic I need one day is stay-at-home dad, even if there are no children involved. No, but I don't know. I feel like usually that's a big point of tension in our relationship. But this week I feel like we've done a little bit better than our normal fighting of late because it's just so much time spent around each other. And maybe part yeah. of that is that I'm we're going to be apart from each other this weekend. So maybe that's yeah. just helpful. <laughs> I I mean it really is like Jeff just went to hang out with a couple of his friends last night like on a weeknight which is just I don't know like neither of us have really been doing that in the last couple months between like holidays travel Omicron everything like we haven't been in a rhythm of just like normal casual social interaction with people so he just went to hang out with his friends last night for a couple hours and I was like so excited when he got home. I was like, oh, I missed you. <laughs> That's like, yes, it's true. It's like actually it's it is not normal for us to be together 24 seven with our partners, even if we're like working in separate rooms and whatever. And no, it's wild. <laughs> like, it's wild. It doesn't make any sense in any. It's funny because my parents work together and their offices like literally their offices growing up share a, shared a wall like their actual oh office gosh. at work and like t- commuted together like, my parents like traveled together for work they're in the same business they're they're in the same like every industry and everything so they work at the same university everything so like they actually were together 24/7 and i was like how, how? it's like yeah how so all of this is to say if you are like ah oh, i feel like, not to say that being single isn't also lonely or challenging, but it's also really, really great. And relationships are also really, really challenging and sometimes, like, monotonous. I'm just – and Liza and I don't hate our, our people. We don't. We love them. No. But. It's wild how I can feel – I mean, I feel so much love for Jeff, and every day I'm so grateful that he's, like, my partner. Like, truly, I am – in awe of his like kindness and his like we laugh so much together like fucking guffaw every single day and also I would just love to have a morning where he's not here like (laughs) I would just love to wake up not speak just like walk around my apartment like a fairy goddess like open some windows and like breathe in my coffee and just have no one play my podcast out loud out of my phone without someone saying put on your headphones yes (laughs) not have to be like what should I have for breakfast I don't know whatever you want you know (laughs) that's and it's that's wow both things can exist so again like with with everyone you know everyone listening who's who's i think think having feelings about being single just like it it is always uh, there is a a million lovely things about partnership but the the lack of like especially in this time period the lack of your own space and like the ability to make um decisions independently is something that like i certainly miss for sure. But also, yeah. we live in 650 square feet. So maybe yeah, people that- in relationships don't feel that when they have things like separate rooms to work in. Yeah, that's very challenging. 
Like, okay, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about communication, baby, and how to just, you know, do do it. How to do it because it's hard. Okay, uh, we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back to talk about communication. And in the spirit of transparent communication, I'm going to say that I just ran downstairs for a, a coffee refill uh, in our little break. We actually took a break at our ad break. And Liza, I went down and I, I saw a face that seemed to say, you were just talking about me upstairs. And to Tony, I was like, he was talking about how we had a good week. And like, he's like, you were saying something about Laguna. He was being like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was like, why, why, you know? What is so good about this week? Are you going to miss me this weekend? <laughs> Why are you so happy this week? He's like, I don't know. I'm just having a good week. And I go, who are you flirting with new at work? So that is how not to communicate. <laughs> I literally. Okay. This is like, why don't communicate the moral of the story here. No, I like when Jeff, because I now know all of Jeff's coworkers on like their faces on Zoom because we share a desk. We share like a double length desk. So I know all of their faces and like. Whatever. Whenever some there's a n- new woman, I'm like, who's that? And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> you think somehow I'm flirting when we are sitting next to each other because I have a female coworker? Like, it's sexist of me. <laughs> like, I hear those insane. slack notifications. Exactly. It's sexist of me. I'm like, you're going to flirt with every female coworker. It's, oh, boy. Yeah. It's, wow. I mean, it's just, again, this is a lot of time in the same space, and I am certainly slowly losing my mind. Just okay. To be Communication. honest. <laughs> Communication. I love it. Okay. Liza, should we start with just like the timing of saying, I want to date you more seriously or be exclusive? Or can we start with those? Those are honestly the hardest because the stakes feel so high sometimes. Even though in the grand scheme of all the types of communication we're going to talk about, the stakes might actually be lower if you can zoom out a bit. And, like, see it less as about a rejection and and more about it's not a match, it's not a match. So we've talked about this before, but let's really dig in. It is – I'm going to make up a scenario. We are, like – let's start with the most basic. We're, you know, at that six-week mark or something, we've been going on – you and I. You and I, Liza. How would you handle this? We've been going on dates. We've been getting closer. We're going on, like, one to two dates a week. But there has been no definition of the relationship at any point. Like, how would you approach that if you were the one in the relationship looking for that? Just, like, what would you say? I know we've talked about this, but I feel like it's worth repeating or trying again. Yes, totally. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is, like, we've definitely talked about this. And I still am like, I don't know. I don't want to. Which is, that's always my first impulse. And then you push through it. And I would say, like, hey, how are you feeling about the two of us? Like, I would just like to talk about it a little bit. like, And then maybe be like, I feel like I like you and would like to at least talk about next next steps. That sounds so businessy. I mean, yeah, it does, but it's amazing. That's uh, a sentiment, though. But I, I would like to yeah. say it in a way that doesn't sound like I'm trying to hire a you know, intern or something. I am going to say 
that I disagree with the first part of your answer and agree with the second. I think you need to start with this is how, hey, I know, I know, I know like in a normal businessy way or the way we're trained to have conversations like, hey, can we talk? But I feel like that, ugh. or how, how are you feeling? Instead, you need to be like, I like what you said second. I really like you or I'd like to make this, you know, an exclusive thing. Like, how are you feeling about that? I feel like you really need to start with the I statement. Otherwise, it's like, ask, it's putting something on the other person that, that feels unfair. Yes, if you start with, how, right. what are you feeling? You are 100% right. I'm doing it as a cop out because I don't, like, truly, I have never initiated this conversation. So every time we talk about it, I feel like the biggest fucking hypocrite. I'm always just like, whatever, let's just bone until you say you want to date me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's... I mean, I'm a huge hypocrite. This is how I usually handle this conversation. Drunken text, you know, at 22. What the fuck? You didn't reply to me, you fuck boy. You've been taking me out on dates for weeks. Like, that is not a, an appropriate way to handle that. Uh, it's really hard. Do you think you should do it in person or on text, Liza? In person. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Okay. We can I mean, like, that. text. Sure. Yeah. The, the thing about text, I feel like text maybe can feel easier or more comfortable. But you are not going to, like, it's so hard to interpret texts. How many times... Have you gotten a text and been like, oh, my God, this person's mad at me. And then you talk to them and you're like, oh, nope, I made that up. Like, yep. just whatever. They were at the, they were in line at Trader Joe's, so they didn't put a period at the end. Or they didn't put an exclamation point. on. Like, whatever. It's like text can feel easier, but it is going to make it so much harder for you in the long run. Like, I feel like it's like, you know, it's like flossing or wearing sunscreen. You just got to fucking do it because it will. It's annoying now, but it's to be so much more annoying later. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, you're, you're, and for you, not for the other person. I mean, A, you kind of owe it to the other person, but B, for you. And also, like, I think the other reason that you should do it in person for you is that you will get to see that person respond in real time. Yep. You are not going to have the, I think, really negative experience of like sitting waiting the other person's thinking considering like having all these feelings that they're processing without you which is the whole point of this conversation is to process your feelings together yeah um yeah and I think that you just in the pep talk you give yourself beforehand you just have to remember that whatever they say it might be gut-wrenching but it doesn't mean anything about you at all yeah it's just about if this is a match for both people and remember that like if they don't think it is they're not going to be the partner you need or want yeah there's no use spending your time with someone who doesn't feel that way about you and if their mind changes you don't be the one to do it they'll come back to you they'll think about things they'll go on another date whatever but you can't it has to be you have to be if you're willing to ask when you ask the question you have to be willing to hear the answer as well and I think okay so let's let's add to this so that's some fucking wisdom I love it Oh, thank you. you I, I must have stolen have it from willing. someone, you know, someone else's podcast. Um, Put it on a hat. Lizy. What did I say? <laughs> when you ask the question, you, you have to be you, willing to hear the answer. Yes, Oprah. <laughs> it would be like on a t-shirt, a very long saying on a t-shirt. <laughs> That's our first merch. Okay. Uh, so so you, you, you decide you're going to do this. You take the approach. You've listened to us. You've listened to all the women on TikTok tell you to do this and much more succinct to little boppy videos. And you're going to say, here's how I feel. How do you feel about 
making this more serious. You go in person, you have a cocktail, you look great, you say it with confidence, and the response you're met with is not absolutely yes or absolutely no. It's like, I'm not sure yet. Can we keep seeing where things are going? At six weeks, if we're still in the hypothetical, I kind of feel like that's still a fair response. I mean, it's not ideal and maybe like nine times out of ten it goes a certain way, not the other way. But I will say mm-hmm. I was uh, – the first time I had this conversation with my now love of my life with Tony, I – partially because of this podcast, but I completely said I'm not ready yet. The podcast is getting some traction and ad dollars for the first time, so I'm not ready. But for whatever reason, I, I'm saying like it, it, it really might not have to do with you. What do you think then, Liza? What is the path forward – in terms of communication from there? Like how do you, if you decide to go along with that or not, what, how do you handle that? Sorry, I'm interviewing you. Dating expert Liza no. came on my podcast and I'm interviewing okay. her. <laughs> I'm going to answer this as though I was the um, the semi-confident 33 and a half year old I am now and not like how I was when I was actually having this conversation at 22, 24, 25, and 26. Those were like the ages that I had this conversation in any meaningful way with different people. I would say now, like, I totally get that. That means that, like, I'm going to probably keep dating other people. Like, I'm looking for something that's kind of serious. Um, So, you know, if you're not ready to become exclusive, like, I'm looking for someone who wants to be in a relationship with me and I'm going to keep keep dating I'm like yeah I just want to make sure that like there is some kind of end point to you I mean okay I wouldn't say that again everything I'm saying sounds so businessy but I would basically a make sure they knew that I was going to keep dating and b yeah set some kind of end point and be like okay cool but like I can we can keep going on dates but like not forever so you know that's that's how it is and then this and this is some like, OK, I have mixed feelings about this, but then I would also start to be pretty open about the fact that I was on other dates. You know, if yeah. he was like, hey, do you want to get dinner on Thursday? I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I have a date like maybe Saturday, like nice and respectful. But I think it's important for them to know. And this is something that like I think that people and I would actually do it. You have to like keep giving yourself new opportunities to connect with other people and like you gotta fucking shop around you gotta try to find the best price you gotta do some comparison you gotta get on kayak.com and look at everything spread out but I think that like the most important thing is making sure you're giving yourself the opportunity to find somebody and by communicating about that I think you are showing them that you are not someone who's gonna like sit around and be ready for them to want you back and they're going to realize there actually is urgency and if they are like oh yeah totally like keep dating other people then they're probably not as interested in you as you want them to be which is like very difficult but that that's how I would do it I think that's I'm totally aligned I think yeah it almost makes me feel kind of old school but I think there's a couple really key things there it's Okay, I think it's okay. Like, there's a lot of advice out there, and we've probably given it. He's not into you then, but move on. Or she's not into you. I think it's okay to be a mature person who continues to go on dates. Like, maybe give yourself a deadline um, and say to the person, yeah, okay, I'm going to keep dating other people. I still really like you. Like, um, like, we can keep dating other people, but 
you know, this conversation is going to come up again probably. So like let's just see where it goes. That's fine. I feel like you can start there and then you set a deadline for yourself like maybe it's six weeks later and don't just keep setting deadlines. That was maybe my issue. Or you bring it up again because you've already been a brave, confident baddie who like brought it up, you know, one time really hard. Didn't get the answer you wanted but didn't get a total no. And I would I would be very clear that I was going on other dates as well. That's the part that feels maybe old school. But like, no, 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 no. Very important. Very yeah. important to get your butt on Bumble and do that thing that we talked about on this podcast that people don't always agree with. Get your butt on Hinge probably and get yourself on a first date even if it's not like with someone you think will be a definite match. It's really good energy to put out there while you are – it will tamp, tamp down some of your feelings or anxieties. Maybe that's a better way to put it about that other person. And you'll just – you'll also be – it's not like rude to the new people you're dating because you're also learning about what you want. Like maybe you were just caught up in something like the school he went to or something or whatever the person you're dating – I don't know. Totally aligned. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah. And like it also, it's funny because it's, it's totally from that shitty book, The Four Man Plan. But I kind of like, there's a part of me that believes in that where it's it's just like you you would do with any other situation. Like, <laughs> this is that sounds so fucked up, but like, I feel like there's like a supply and demand <laughs> someone's gonna fucking at me which is okay I understand this is slightly problematic but I just think that like we are all humans who respond to the idea of like something that is abundant or something that is um like more rare and oh my god every word I'm saying I'm like I'm disgusting I just think that like showing people that you are a um a person who is not going to just be available and at their beck and call and you're not someone like if you don't act it's that it's that telemarketing thing of like you got to act now or you might lose out and that strategy works out if you are trying to find somebody long term but also it's better for you mentally and also it's not really a strategy it's like this it's like the best thing to do for yourself that also happens to make other people realize that you can't be taken advantage of it's its own kind of boundary so as much as like the books i'm talking about and some of the language i'm using like i feel icky about i actually think it's the best for your mental health to be like cool like i'm going to continue to to be on the hunt and you know you've got some time to think about it but not infinite time yeah yeah I love it. No, I I don't think it's problematic personally. I think it's realistic, honestly. All right, Lizzie, should we get into some of these goop? I think we can do another episode on communication. These are 10 communication patterns that hurt relationships from a doctor, Marcy Cole. Um, she wrote for goop. And the articles, I'll, we'll link it. Um, but I think we should go through five of these, these yeah, today. Totally. And then we'll do the other five in our next communication episode. Uh, because communicating is really hard and we didn't even fully break down how to make it less hard today. So there will be a part two, maybe, maybe next week. Uh, okay. So let's go through these and just talk them through. I like what I like about this article and you all can read it because there are, um, there's love making prescriptions for these, these problematic communication styles, but there are examples of like phrases and terms that go along with the problematic communication style and then what it results in so I I don't know I thought this was pretty interesting so 10 prescriptions for love breaking patterns again like goop sounded really cheesy but I found the actual words inside this article 
insightful. So, okay, the first one is the blame game. Love breaking language. So love breaking language, these are like the the examples of language. The blame game. You always, you never, you're the one who, I can't believe you, why didn't you, it's your fault, you're wrong, you're impossible, you make me so, you're crazy. Results in defensiveness, disdain, mistrust, withholding, ghosting, and plummeting intimacy. Plummeting intimacy. Wow. What a wow. title for a novel. Okay. <laughs> also, I'm like, angry. this is me. I, I do this do. so hard. The you always and you never. That's me. You always do this. You always yep. do that. You're never, you never empty the dishwasher. You did like, this. Yeah, you're the one who. I do. You're the one who, like, pulling things from the past. Yes. You're impossible, I've said. It. Oh, boy. Totally. The blame game. I can't believe you don't listen to me. Like I can't believe you. Like, the disdain, the victim, that's that's me. It me. Yep. And then I get very defensive where I won't even have a normal conversation. It's the, it's very much my child, my little baby, Kimmy self. This is this is where she's at. Um, okay. Well, it's so funny because, like, oh, sorry. No. Before, before I hear what the doctor has to say before I fucking – uh wax poetic on blame no i want i think we should maybe talk about it before we see what the doctor the love making prescriptions are so what well, like yeah it, i don't oh, know sorry. i've never tried to fix this i'm so sorry <laughs> i haven't either it's just like i've been listening to i was talking about this with carlin last week i've been listening to one of brene brown's books so i'm gonna become that person who talks about brene brown all the time mm-hmm. get ready world but like she talks about blame as something we go to when we are actually mad at ourselves um like she was talking about how she you know she gave this example of like she dropped her coffee and it spilled all over her outfit and her first thought was like to blame her husband who was not there he was at work but she was her first impulse was like that fucking guy blah blah blah, whatever Mm -hmm. and it was because something like she was basically like it was such a back channel thing of like he had made the coffee late and so I was this, so I was running late, so I was blah, 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 blah. But she was like, I was mad at myself because I felt yeah. like an idiot because I dropped my coffee and I spilled it all over my outfit and I had to change. And it was like, that's a small example. But after she said that, like, I've been thinking about blame and how I use it and how Jeff uses it. And it's always, like, small things like the coffee example. Yep. Where, like, the dog is a big thing of, like, well, the dog, you know, you didn't take yeah. her to the vet last time and I, blah, 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 and whatever. And it's literally, like, almost always because I'm mad at myself that I, when I blame Jeff for stuff. Me too. Yeah. And there's like, there's that kind of blame. Uh, yes, the coffee thing is so relatable. Oh my God. I'm like, ah. And it's like, it's actually something else going on in my day or with myself. Yeah. And then there's like the other kind of blame where it's like, we get in a big fight and then I blame it on him, even if I started it. And I blame it on past actions or I don't know. I feel like there's so, uh, this is, how are we going to get through five of these? Like, this podcast is going to be <laughs> 10 hours long and there are 10. This is definitely a two parter. Okay. Let's look at the lovemaking prescriptions here. Fix the problem, not the blame. To your point, Liza. Replace blame with the benefit of the doubt. Oh, there's a lot of science behind these two. That's so hard. Do you recall being blamed or blaming as you were falling in love? Likely not. Make a conscious choice not to give to sorry. Make a conscious choice to give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Let go of quick judgments and try not to take things personally. Boy, that's so hard really hard trying not to take things personally is i I take everything personally (laughs) yeah i take everything personally the smallest thing the weather the amount of times jeff will pause me and be like you understand i'm not criticizing you (laughs) right i'm just saying it's your turn to take out the dog i'm like yes 
that is rational and I hate you. You know, like I know. It's, just... it's so hard. Why is it so hard? Replacing blame. So like in that moment, it's basically like just giving someone the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Just when you feel judgy, be like, wait, no, they probably didn't. They meant the opposite of what I'm thinking. They didn't mean to sabotage my morning. They meant to make my morning easier. But I did X, Y, Z so that the coffee was at the wrong time. Okay. Try mindful reflection. When you're blaming your partner for something, pause and ask yourself, how big do I really want to make this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> try, yeah. You try the boomerang back exercise. Um, Oh, she references coping strategies in Dr. Phil's book. When pointing a finger at your partner, try bringing it back to you, not as a way to self-berate, but again, but to regain self-focus, composure, and insight. Yeah, we we said this. What you're blaming your partner for might be something you're judging yourself harshly for, which is, yeah. It's just remembering to do these in the moment. Okay, I'm going to Oh, my try. God. It's so I'm hard. Try. It's like, it's funny because, so Jeff tends to be really hard on himself for making small mistakes, which is like something that was a thing in his family of like, mm-hmm. so if he like forgets to send an important email or breaks something, God forbid, like drops a glass and breaks it. He's so hard on himself. Yeah. And the he will like do back bends to make it like somehow I'm involved in it somehow. <laughs> He'll be like and and I pointed this out, this Brene Brown thing out to him, and he was like, Oh, motherfucker. And literally, like, as soon as I pointed it out to him, like he has not done this in a week. It's crazy. Interesting. The last one, I'll just, the soft eyes aha exercise. Okay, this is like, rather than debating who is right or wrong, each person shares uninterrupted what the conflict sounded, looked, and felt like to them. You just listen to each other standing in their, your partner's um, shoes. The expression of anger, disappointment, or frustration turns into soft eyes, quote unquote. Hmm. Interesting. I do think just stopping and saying, you tell it from your side, and I'll tell it from my side. We're not allowed to interrupt each other is important. There is even more detail that about the power of apology, but we can't. We're never make it through these. This will be the surface level quick intro, and then we'll, we'll get back into these. And we will link this article because I really like it. Okay, the scoreboard playing field. This is the second type of communication pattern that is a problemo. Okay, <laughs> the language around this, the love-breaking language is, I did this for you. What have you done for me lately? I picked up our son three times this week. I always, you never. Oh, this is who I'm living with. <laughs> You uh, never same. buy I the mean, snacks like, I like, and you eat my snacks I'm when this I buy person. them. <laughs> totally. We call this chits in our household. It's like, I don't know where this word came from, chits, but it's like, it's like chips, like poker chips. Yeah. It's like, who's got more right now? Like, I did, I emptied the dishwasher and did this and did that and did that. I get chits and you have none and blah, blah, blah. And it's become like this joke. But recently I've been like, I think we have to stop with this as a joke because it's actually like, a scorekeeping and it allows for one person to feel like the victim and one person to feel or one yep. first person to feel like a martyr and the other person to feel guilty and like what good is that it's in my house we should call it chips too because it's very often about chips i like to go to the, especially lately i've been going to the grocery store and I'll, with tony and i'll buy like healthy shit and we'll make our recipes for the week and then he'll make a grocery run and buy some chips, you know, and buy some gummy bears and then get mad when I have any of them. But I'm like, it's my eating disorder. Like, I can't buy them. But then if they're there, I'm going to have a little. But I don't want to buy. Anyway, it's literally you never buy chips in my house. And the results here, (laughs) 
to your point, Liza, a distorted field of winners and losers, resentment and competition. And I'm always like, why is this like that? We share food in this house. <laughs> it's a really specific example, but it's true. No, it's 100%. And I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not bad just because I don't do these things. We're here. The prescriptions, give, give to win, win. We're both givers. Relationships where there is distinct or perceived give or take or dynamic rarely flourish. Uh Uh-oh. I need to focus more on being a giver. Um, So both being givers and then replacing gripes over what isn't gratitude for what is. Rather than measuring who is giving or receiving more, ask what would love do. There is magic in this inquiry. But like, yeah, this is what – see, this is – Probably because I need to buy more chips, but like (laughs) I am the less giving in this relationship when it comes to household tasks. But I do feel like I just am like, what would love do? I'm going to say that next time. See what, what (laughs) Hey, Tony, what would love do? Love would give me the chips, (laughs) Tony. Love a chip. Asking what can I do for you? Okay, great. Do you want to do the third one, Liza? Yeah. Okay. The third one is the bore of the bubble and the love breaking languages. We never do anything. Why can't you ever go with me to, you're a couch potato. Can't we go someplace new for once? <laughs> couch potato and that is- results in frustration, boredom, inertia, indifference, distraction, and decreased desire or plummeting intimacy. As I um, This is interesting. This one I is does not apply to my relationship because- neither of us ever want to go anywhere (laughs) we have this conversation of like oh fuck we need to like get out we need to get off the couch we need to like go out to dinner together yeah you guys maybe aren't communicating it but the two lovemaking prescriptions you just talked about when we had our relationship check in the world is our bubble Mm -hmm. like expanding your world global citizens okay maybe not that liza sorry love you but recognize yourselves (laughs) as global citizens set a collective intention to connect more with your communities near and far but you really were doing that and then date nights are golden you carved out some date nights you kind of did this without having that communication pattern maybe you guys are like we are couch potatoes woohoo but yeah i think it's more like we're in this together so it doesn't feel accusatory in my in my relationship i think yeah so it's not an a communication pattern issue. It's like a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Some of the other. What about language, you? Does that one hit at all for you? It definitely does. I think what I just said about traveling too. Like it's. I don't think we. I think we both want to do more things. Yeah, I think we're just on the same page about it. Similar to you, where we're like, oh, we need to do this. We love a date night. I need to stop spending money like going out, just sitting at a bar. With rather than our couch where we're like talking to each other and looking at other people, it's just so much more like exciting and invigorating. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I love movies and television, but it's been too much of that. Um, totally. It's also like in this time, really nice to get dressed and put on makeup and like look, feel, like, yeah. look good and feel good rather than like rolling around like unshowered without a bra on. It You know, it's just like it doesn't feel great yeah it's so part of this in this time when like you're not regularly seeing you're literally seeing your other your your partner at their best physically oh yeah is like it's nice to be like oh you're cute and I like you (laughs) yeah I've got like my my greasy hair same sweatsuit every day vibe happening lately in a big way oh my god my my doorman this morning when I was walking the dog was like did you dye your hair and I was like no, it's just clean and I don't have a beanie on. Like literally, that's 
I just washed my hair and blow dried it yesterday. That's what you're seeing. Pathetic. Okay, number four is the my way or the highway mindset. Love breaking language is I want to do this. We should do that. You're wrong. That's not the way it is. Results in loss of self and feeling flat, resentful, and disconnected. I love saying you're wrong all the time. It's a problem. Okay, just telling you. I mean, being honest here. I fucking feel you there is no high I get like the high of moral superiority when I feel that I am right and just and I am oh man fucking watch out here I come like (laughs) the okay so the lovemaking prescription from me to we move from I centered to we focused Let go of a fixed mindset and embrace a growth mindset. You compromise until both parties are satisfied. Partnering requires integration and often concessions. Satisfaction does not always mean one or both parties get their way. Yeah, this makes total sense to me. I think also like something that helps this this problem in my relationship a lot is what you were saying earlier, Kimmy, of like, let me try to understand your, why you're mad. Like, let me get, put myself into your shoes. I'm going to explain mm-hmm. what the way I think you're thinking about this. And you do the same for me. Like, as soon as we can kind of empathize with each other's points of view, this tends to dissipate really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's the best part about being single is that you always can get your way. I'm just, and I am so used to that. And it's very challenging for me not to even in my family there was a lot of independence like I've never been like obligated to do things like I have very (laughs) I was probably spoiled my brother and I were like very much encouraged to do things our own way um not without boundaries of course I was deeply afraid of getting a bad grade but uh yeah I feel like I unfortunately have been spoiled with regards to independence in many ways um and independence is fucking great so it's very challenging for me to realize I'm not and I, I, there are many people I could not be in a relationship with who I'm with someone who is the opposite of that, who was like the caretaker, which is not, again, could, I think in this article it says that's a problematic dynamic. However, I need to work on that. I need well, to. Well, it's hard. This is what I was saying at the beginning of the episode where it's like you are taking your family's way of communicating and your upbringing and trying, in a relationship, trying to meld it with a whole other family's dynamic because we inherit these things directly from our families. Like I had the opposite experience of you, Kimmy, where like I was the youngest. I come from a huge family with a lot of personalities and I got really used to just being like, whatever. Okay. Like whatever everybody thinks, like, you know, I certainly like, it's not like I was not considered or, you know, my, my parents were incredible parents who loved me very much, but I did not get the experience of like, what feels right to you? Make your own choices and do blah, blah, blah. It was like, Liza, we're doing this and get on board or shut the fuck up. You know, that was sort of a little bit yeah. more of the vibe. Um, with a, a lot, lot of people's love. lives, though. Like, yeah. Even my parents were always like, move where you need to move. And it's like, do you love me? Because, uh, like, I, I live with someone whose parents are like, why the fuck are you in L.A.? So it's like, yeah, you know. I mean, it's very, it's very that. And it's so funny because our, my, Jeff's family was more, I think, like yours, Kimmy. And mm-hmm. I'm probably, my family's probably more like Tony's. Yeah. And it can really create, like, I don't want to say attention, but just sometimes we, it's so different. Like, the way we were raised to think about um, 
like communicating independence, like sharing our feelings, like all of these things is just it's opposite ends of the spectrum. And I, I actually think that like with the two of us talking a lot, it can create a really strong relationship and like a happy medium. But sometimes Jeff is like looks at me like I'm an alien and I often look at him like I'm like he's an alien because I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, does it you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. It's, uh, I, I would love to dive into that. I would love to. I'm not in couples therapy. I know. Practice what you preach, bitch. But, <laughs> but that's something that would be really interesting to dive into as a therapist with, yeah, like in a couple dynamic. Totally. It's such different. Um, this is why I love couples therapy, that show on Showtime. Oh, uh, I know. It's so God and Esther Perel obviously talk about her all the time. But like. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the, listening to two humans who are trying to like make a family together not even children or whatever but like that's what it is is like you are trying to build a like daily life and family and whatever just deal with their baggage just like in how it relates to the other person is so interesting because you hear in those episodes and shows you hear exactly these patterns but then you hear a guide steering them to break through them it's like what this article is but like in real time like you're yeah you're relating to the challenge but you're also like the solution it's right there Yes. You know that when you're in it, it's not right there. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got to finish season two of Couples Therapy. I started it, but I don't know. Showtime, man. I am i haven't seen Yellow Jackets. I got to re-up my subscription. I haven't seen Yellow Jackets Good either. for Showtime. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one for this week. Scar tissue. I've, I take it all back. This is, this is my problem. I have a lot of problematic patterns, but this one is really relatable. Love breaking languages. You always do this. There you go again. You never apologize for I'll do this in a bigger way. Like, remember that time? That's more me. Results in consistent re-injury due to a focus on past cumulative hurts, disappointments, and resentments, an avoidant attachment and communication style, and suppressing the truth of one's feelings, experiences, and desires. Wow, this results in the most charm so far. Um, Cool, cool, cool. So the prescription is mindful presence. Thinking about my headspace subscription that I bought for the year and have not used more than twice. <laughs> Stay present. Overreactions in relationships are often projections of past trauma into present, the present moment and onto our current partner. Every time we get in, sorry, I'm just, just taking over the mic for another second. Not at all. Every time we get in a fight like this and I bring up these times where I did feel hurt by him, it's all, I. it ends up getting out of hand because it's like fear of abandonment and I think it has to do yeah. with like having a sick parent, having my mom die. That's wild for me to just do all that. But like, I feel at this point in my life, I've, I've identified that I have that in me. I thought it was more under control, but it not is not all the time. I'm like so, so scared that I finally feel like I fell in love. And like, that's the scariest part of love. You could lose another person you love, you know? That's like the, yeah. wor- that's the worst part of falling in love. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, the the fear around it just going away or being taken away somehow is, like, so constant. I, I don't know. I still, like, yeah. I think that this particular love-breaking language, too, comes up for me when it's a fight that we didn't resolve fully. Like, this is something that I am really grateful that Jeff has the ability to do because I do not. I like to hold on to shit, whatever and he does not let a fight end without like a full ass resolution. Like we will just <clears throat> we have stayed up till four in the morning sometimes because he's like, we're not doing this. We are figuring this out together. Like we are going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to deconstruct all the threads. We're going to understand how the other person feels. We're going to make like 
he really, really, and when we first started dating, it drove me fucking crazy because I, I wanted to hold on to resentments and I hated talking and I hated whatever. And he just doesn't let it happen. And it's so like, it is potentially one of my favorite things about him that he is like, no, we're going to figure this out. We're going to make sure each of us feels really good and strong and supported and whatever. But has led to over the years way less of this you always do this you never there you go again you never apologized for because we really try to hash out every fight to its absolute fullest this is like some fucking two gemini's dating each other shit man we can talk we can talk about feelings for like seven to ten hours but it's so it I used to this is so present in my pre- previous relationships and in my current one in the, in its earlier days because I didn't want to communicate through to the end of a problem mm-hmm. and that has he's taught me how to do that and it's like it's changed so much like now I don't tend to feel resentments I tend to feel resentments less in all places cuz I can like do that a little bit for myself more but yeah this is a really tough one yeah I yeah the the IPIQ so some of the things you can say to kind of navigate this I am here with you now I want to understand who are you today and what have you learned from your past experience no don't say that Uh, what can you what do you desire now what can I do this one what can I say or do to make things feel better for you um yeah results in gained insight healing projections of old patterns from childhood or past relationships and greater joy in the now yeah, I yeah. want to understand. That's like the most, oh, I, yeah, that's an important one. Communication. Communi- I, so we will do a communication part two. I'm wondering, Liza, this may be too much homework. Maybe we can do it in the moment. Like if we could make our own in this format of here's what we're calling the love breaking language, the love, the pattern. Here's the love breaking language results in. If we could do it for these early dating conversations, maybe we just try to brainstorm one for like that that early dating time when it's not established I feel like there are communication patterns that I personally had maybe we each have one and we can try to like give them cute names next time and totally oh my god yeah I love that (laughs) yeah I'm brainstorming already I'm like mine was the lash out or something it was like the yeah yeah mine was like the cool girl like whatever you know that was like so we can we'll do, um, we'll do the rest of these next time, and we will talk about more early dating communication as well. And yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. We love you, and go on a date. Go on a date, and tell us about it. Five one first dates at gmail.com. <laughs>